Dr. Mark Job on spiritual gifts and red-hot faith. If you have a gift, use it. And if you don't use your gift, then you are generating a culture and an atmosphere of lukewarmness. How to keep your spirit red hot. That's our focus today with Dr. Mark Job on Moody Presents. Pastor Mark is the president of Moody Bible Institute and founding pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm John Geiger, and you and I are walking boldly through Romans 12 to understand how the right use of spiritual gifts helps us keep our spirit red hot. Here's Pastor Mark on Moody Presents. We form the body of Christ. Jesus is the head. We are the body. It says there are many members, one body, but all the members do not have the same function. The healthy body has many parts that function differently, and we're not all supposed to try to be the same part. We can't all be one gift. We all have different gifts. I've been into some churches where it seems like the church tries to make a preacher out of everybody, and they think everybody's got to be a preacher. And I'm, I'm going to say no. Some people have the gift of preaching or teaching or encouragement or healing or prophecy or helps or administration. There are a lot of gifts within the body, but we don't all have the same gifts. We have a variety of gifts so that we can be healthy as a body. By the way, I want to say, I really appreciate being your pastor. I receive a lot of encouragement, uh, partly because I'm on the platform and I'm a visible face of this church and I'm the senior pastor of this church. And so people, when they want to thank the church, oftentimes will email me or Facebook me or Twitter me and they'll say, thank you, pastor. That was a great message. Appreciate the church and so forth. And, and, and will give words of encouragement. I also get negative words occasionally, often, pretty regularly, but I get a lot of encouraging words as well. But could I tell you this? Thank you for that because it really means a lot to me. I've, I've had tough days where I just, that word of encouragement means a lot. But I would encourage you as well to shift your encouragement, not just to the person that's on the platform, but to shift your encouragement to other people that work behind the scenes that almost no one ever says thank you to. There's some woman right now in the nursery holding a little baby and loving on that little baby and holding a baby like I don't know how to hold a baby and, and, and really caring for that baby who's serving God with an incredible capacity and allowing you as a mother to have a break and listen to the word and experience the word of God and let God touch you because she is utilizing her gift. And listen, seldom does anybody say, thank you for taking care of my baby. You know, there are ushers that we have in the back that serve faithfully every week. They come, they come early, they seat people. And the only time someone notices the ushers is when the usher says, hey, you can't seat there. I can't say it where. I've always sat there. You know, this person's sitting in my seat. Could you please tell them to get up and get out? Don't they know it's my seat? And the ushers get a lot of backlash and people that don't. The only time ushers get noticed is when they have to sort of 
bring order and say something. But you know, I'm wondering when's the last time someone's gone up to one of the ushers and says, thank you for serving every week, man. You are a real encouragement. We have 120 volunteers that serve in the children's ministry. When's the last time you've picked up your child and said, you know, thank you for watching my child. You know, we have people that serve in the parking lot, even when it's raining, when it's snowing, when it's hot out, you know, they don't take a break when there's snow. They serve out there in the middle of the cold and they just serve. And I'm not sure there's a lot of people that say, hey, you know, thank you for serving in the parking lot. My point is this, that the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians, that the gifts that seem lesser sometimes are more, and the gifts that seem more sometimes are less. So I want to make it a point. We as a body of Christ, we are going to be a grateful people, encourage anybody that's serving behind the scenes. Amen? So we are a body. We are interconnected with one another. And you may not understand how important your gift is, but when you stop using your gift, someone suffers. Let me give you an illustration. Maybe you're here and you have the gift of encouragement, but you've been saying all the time, I don't want to have the gift of encouragement. I want to sing. I mean, he's got a guitar, he looks so nice, put together and sings, and he encourages you. I want to sing like that. I want to play the guitar and sing like that. I'm going to audition to sing. And so you audition to sing. They listen to your voice. And then the worship leader says, you know, bless you, brother. It seems like you have a good heart. (laughs) But you probably need to, like, look at serving. Have you ever considered the children's ministry? You know, some people are like me. You love to sing, you got a voice, but you need to stick to singing in the shower. You know, that's, that's the best place to sing, you know. I, so that person with the gift of encouragement that signed up for the, the worship team kept saying, I want to sing like that. I want to be up there. Then you get all mad. I want to be a worship leader, a singer. If I'm not going to be in this worship team, then my gift of encouragement, I don't even like it. I'm going to sit in the back of the church until someone gives me an opportunity to sing. And so you come in every Sunday, you're kind of mad, you're kind of huffy. They're not even making me a backup singer in that worship band. And so you sit in the back, and little do you know that Tom walks in that Sunday. And he sits two seats next to you. What you don't know is that Tom has struggled deeply and severely that week. In fact, he's had flashes of suicide go through his mind. He's so dark, so depressed, so discouraged that he's wondering if life is worth living. He finds himself going down that dark hole and he comes to church and the worship is going, but he's not into it. The preaching's going, but it's not connecting. What he really needs is someone with the gift of encouragement to put their arm around him and to let them know, hey, hey, fight for you. I'm in your corner. I care about you. Hey, something can happen. Don't give up. What he needs is you. But since you have, well, since you're boycotting your gift, 
You've decided you're going to go AWOL and just sit there with your arms crossed because you can't sing on the worship team. You have just robbed this body of your gift of encouragement. And guess what? Tom's going to get out and leave this place. And what he really needed was not a message from Pastor Mark and was not a song. What he really needed was your gift of encouragement, but you chose not to give it to him because you undermined your gift. Because you looked down at something that God had given you and you wanted to be an eye instead of an arm. And you see, the whole body suffers when you choose not to use your gift for God. We are the body of Christ. Every one of us with a gift. Every one of us with the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us, uniquely gifted by God to encourage other people. And that gift is not for your sake, it's for the betterment and encouragement of the body of Christ. And when you utilize your gift, the body is better. And when you utilize your gift, it's like giving oxygen to your faith and it makes your faith more red hot. People that do not use their gift, people that neglect their gift, begin to take oxygen away from the faith that they have. And I can guarantee you, if you sit on the sideline long enough without being stretched and using your gift and letting God use you, that you begin to descend into the apathy of lukewarmness. Our faith needs oxygen. We are most on fire when we are in mission with Jesus and being stretched by using the gifts that God has called us to use. Amen? I can guarantee you this thing. If I just decided, you know, I'm tired of preaching. I'm sick of this. People aren't listening. That one guy fell asleep every Sunday. And I just decided, you know, I'm going to stop preaching. I'm going to stop. I'm, I'm just going to get out of it. I'm going to go serve God in Hawaii and sell real estate. I'm still going to love Jesus, read my Bible, be a Christian, go to a church there. If I have a calling on my life and my calling is to preach and teach and I'm not using my calling, I can deceive myself into thinking that if I go to Hawaii and sell real estate, that I can still follow Jesus and be just as on fire as I am now. But if I have a gifting and a calling that I'm not fulfilling, if my calling is to use my gift and I stop using it, I can guarantee you that within a year, the fire in my heart will not be as strong as it is now because I'm neglecting the gifts that God has given me. And when I neglect the gifts that God has given me, I take oxygen away from the faith that God has called me to use for his honor and for his glory. It's kind of like this. For those of you that are listening by audio, I have a match in my hand. I just lit it. This match is burning, burning. Why? Because there's oxygen there causing it to burn. And as long as it has oxygen and fuel, it continues to burn and burn until it's put out, right? When you have faith in God and you are utilizing your gift and operating in your gifting, it's like oxygen to your faith. It stretches you. It keeps, it keeps oxygen blowing on your faith, keeping you stretched on fire. The moment that you take faith, your faith, 
and you take away the oxygen of living on mission with Jesus, this is what happens. I've always wanted to do this here. Without oxygen, it goes out. Now don't tell me Pastor Mark's smoking, and I saw Pastor Mark do that. And kids, do not do this at home. Don't say, I saw Pastor Mark do it. You're going to burn your tongue if you do that. The point is this. The point is that when oxygen is taken away, the fire goes out. Listen, if you're not serving God, if you're not out in the field, if you're not using your gifts, if you're not being stretched by what you do, then you're gonna fall into a spectator mode of lukewarmness and that fire that God has called you to have is not gonna feel as strong and as vibrant as you have because you're not in a place where you're depending on God, being stretched by God, being moved by God because you have a gifting and you have a calling that you're not using in your life and so it, gifting and calling that are not used go hand in hand with lukewarmness. Dr. Mark Job. On Moody Presents. Well, nobody wants to be spiritually lukewarm, right? So let me encourage you that an education at Moody Bible Institute will light a fire for you. That was my experience, and it continues to be so. We've got a son and daughter who are both graduates. My wife and I are both grads. And maybe you have a son or daughter thinking about their future training. Well, maybe you'd like to take an online class. Check out all that Moody has to offer at our website, moodypresents.org. Moody Presents. Now back to our theme, how to keep your spirit red hot. Here's Pastor Mark Job on Moody Presents. Paul goes on to say in verses 6 through 8, diligently use the gifts that God has granted for the good of others. Listen to what he says in verse 6. So having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, we all have different gifts, let us Say it out loud. Let us what with our gifts? Let us use them. We don't get a gift and just say, well, that's a nice gift. Let me look at it. Whoa, let me polish it. No, you use it. Because if you don't use it, I don't believe that you lose it because the gifts and the call of God are irrevocable. But I do believe that they become atrophied. In other words, that you stop using your gift, I think that that gift starts diminishing in its effectiveness and its power because gifts are like a muscle. The more you use them, the more you sharpen them, the more you walk in the spirit, the greater impact that they have. The less you use them, the more they atrophy. And so the Apostle Paul tells this group of believers, he says, use the gifts that you have. If prophecy, then let us prophesy in the proportion to our faith. What is prophecy? Prophecy is foretelling and foretelling the word of God. It means that you speak the word of God for that moment and for that time. Sometimes when I preach, it's prophetic preaching so that people walk out of here saying, I don't know what it was, but I felt like the pastor was speaking straight to me, straight to my life, straight to my moment. That's prophetic. There's other times when there's prophecy where someone speaks into someone's life prompted by the Holy Spirit for things that that person needed to hear. Or someone may have the gift of teaching. He who teaches in teaching. If you have the gift of teaching, then you need to be teaching. If you have the gift of exhortation, use it in exhortation. If you have the gift of giving, then do it with liberality. If you have the gift of leading, then lead with diligence. Or if you have the gift of mercy, then show mercy with cheerfulness. The point that Paul is making, he's not making an exhaustive list of all the gifts. He's simply saying, if you have a gift, Use it. And if you don't use your gift, 
then you are going down the road of generating and stepping into a culture and an atmosphere of lukewarmness. Number four, verses 9 through 13. Then he goes on to explain that the platform that makes your gifting effective is the quality of your relationships. You, you understand that you can have extraordinary gifts, but unless you allow God to let you love people and have good relationships, your gifts will be sabotaged by your bad relationships. Oh, let me say that again. It's not just about the gift that you have, it's about the relationships that you build. You may have an extraordinary gift of administration, but maybe you're rude, insensitive, and selfish, and that gifted administration is gonna backfire because you're gonna offend everybody as you're trying to put in order your gift of administration. In other words, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is the chapter on love, and the Apostle Paul says, if I could speak in the language of men and of angels, but I have no love, I'm nothing. Or if I give my body to be burned or sell all that I have and give it to the poor and I have no love, it is empty. There's nothing there. Listen, someone can have extraordinary gifts, but if you don't have extraordinary love and you don't build relationships with those gifts, then you're going to sabotage those gifts and ultimately it's going to backfire. Are you tracking with me? It's really, really, really important for us to understand this. And so that's why the Apostle Paul, in this chapter, he tells us, if you're going to use your gifts, make sure that you build relationships. Never mistake powerful gifts with spiritual maturity. Just because someone has a strong gift doesn't mean they're spiritually mature. Hello? There's a difference between the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are given by God as a gift, by God's grace. And so I can have a gift, and I can use my gift, and I can not be actually walking strongly with God even though I'm using my gift. Because the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit aren't always the same. Once in a while, we'll hear a story on television of someone that's an evangelist and led thousands of people to Christ, and you listen to the men cry and say, wow, that man is so spiritual, so anointed, and then you find out that he's been having an affair with his secretary, and you say, wow, what happened? What happened is he was using his gifts, but he wasn't walking in the integrity of the Spirit. It doesn't mean that his gifts were fake or false, it means that he was not walking in the integrity of the spirit, and eventually that will catch up with a person and sabotage a person. So never be fooled by someone's gift if you don't see a heart for people and them walking in integrity. That's why I have my qualms about television evangelists and television preachers because all we see is what they do on stage, but we don't have close-up interaction with the integrity of their life. Here's how the Apostle Paul ends this time. If you're going to have gifts and keep your heart red hot, he tells us what our relationships are supposed to look like. Look at what he says. 
Let love be without hypocrisy. That means if you're going to love people, do it genuinely without hypocrisy. If you're going to love a person, don't hug them and then talk about them behind their back. Let's love be sincere. Let it be genuine and let it be honest. Number two, abhor what is evil and cling to that which is good. The Apostle Paul wants us to do both of those. Some of us are really good about what we're against, but no one knows what we're for. In Christianity, we need to be against sin, but don't just tell me you're against adultery. Don't just tell me you're against lying. Don't just tell me you're against murder. Tell me what you're for. You're for fidelity. You're for life. You're for integrity. Some of us, all we know is what we're against, and when people come into the church, they feel judged because all they hear is what we're against, but they don't know what we're for. And so if we're gonna build strong relationships, our love needs to be without hypocrisy. We need to challenge what is bad, but we need to call people to what is good. Cling to that which is good. Next, it says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. You know what that means? Be kindly affectionate to one another means that Christians should not be cold, standoffish in their attitude. That means that when people walk into this auditorium or go to a small group or encounter you somewhere, that they shouldn't feel like you're cold, distant, standoffish, that they should feel like you are warm, that you really care, and they should experience a family of God love atmosphere in this place. Amen? Hey, let me tell you, church, what really influences and affects people's lives. What affects people's lives is when people walk in this place and they feel like, man, these people around me may not know me, but they genuinely care about me. I want us to have such an atmosphere of love. It means like you're walking into a big family. And you walk into a big family, you feel like, man, these people care about me. And they care about who I am and how I'm doing. That's what Paul is saying. If our gifts are going to work well, then there needs to be this warmth. There needs to be this, this, this sense of really caring, this, this kindness about the atmosphere that we're developing. He goes on to say, be, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor giving preference to one another, that means don't just look out for your own interests, but look out for the interests of others. And then he says, not lagging in diligence, but fervent in spirit serving the Lord. Not lagging in diligence, that means that, that you're not just kind of sitting back, but you're boiling hot in your spirit when you serve God. We're talking about keeping our heart red hot. It means that we are fervent about our relationships, fervent about serving God. We're not dragged into serving, okay, I guess I'll serve. <sighs> We're like, yes, Lord, I want to serve. Show me where. That's the attitude that exists among the people of God that are 
And, and it says serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope that we're hope-filled people, patient in tribulation, knowing that we're going to go through hard times, but saying, God, I'm going to be patient in it, continuing steadfast in prayer, praying through every challenge that comes our way, distributing to the needs of the saints, willing to share with people that are hurting around us and give into hospitality. It means we open up our homes and we go out and we eat together, and we fellowship together and we let people into our lives. That is the kind of atmosphere that God is looking for us to establish at New Life Community Church. Amen? There is nothing that makes a greater impact than a people like you and I who have discovered our gifts and are saying, I'm going to serve God with what gifts I have. And I'm going, to, I'm going to keep my heart fervent in God, serving Him, stretched to serve Him, not sitting on the sidelines, but serving God. And as I serve God, I'm going to love people. I'm going to let God soften my heart towards people. I'm going to care about others in my life. I'm going to be a part of that infectious, loving atmosphere that God develops. I can guarantee that if we serve God and love people, that every person that walks through these doors, no matter what their needs may be, no matter where they're at, they will be touched by this people of God because it's not just one or two or three people that are ministering. We all see ourselves as ministers using whatever gifts that we have. And we're all reaching out to people and we're praying for people and encouraging people and utilizing whatever God has called us to utilize. And there, the church becomes a powerful agent of change when we are loving God and loving others as ourselves. Watch out, devil, because the church cannot be stopped when it's like that. Dr. Mark Job on Moody Presents. You know, you can hear today's message again when you head to moodypresents.org. Choose Programs and Moody Presents. More about spiritual gifts and how you can use them to keep your spirit red hot when we get together next time. I'm John Geiger, thanking you for listening to Dr. Mark Job on Moody Presents, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.